Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to Skate Talks number 25. Yes, we did make 24 before. And today's guest, well, today's guest is very, very special. Uh, I'm not going to say his name yet. I know that you already know his name. That's why you're watching this. But I first remember this guy skating Bauer skates. And then a few years later, when Solomon started their team, they got this guy on board. And then a few years later, he ended up winning the X Games. This guy is living in Canada. From what I know, he has always lived in Canada. And over the last few weeks, there's... It's, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Some people have been complaining a little bit about his attitude on the internet. I don't have any complaints. What I can say is that Nikki Adams is going to be my guest today. And about a few weeks ago, I got a message from Nikki on Facebook. And he told me, how can you speak with Billy Prislin and say that Arne Fanberg was the most well-paid skater of all time and forgetting about myself? So this is one of the things that I want to know and a lot more. So let's call Nikki Adams straight out of Montreal, Canada. I don't even know when he started skating, but we're going to know right now. Let's see if this goes right. Yeah. Yo, Nikki, how are you doing, man? Hello. <laughs> man, I have to admit I'm excited. And before we even start, before we even start, I'm that excited that I might interrupt you a few times. And it's something that sometimes I know that I should let you talk, but sometimes I just get too excited. And today is another one of those days. So before I interrupt you, let me just ask you, how did you start skating? <coughs> All right. I'm going to take a hit of this joint. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was 10 years old when I got my first pair of rollerblades. It was given to me by my best friend, Andrew, and his father had bought them for him when he walked into the store and said, I'm buying you a pair of rollerblades for your birthday. Nikki's your best friend. He gets rollerblades too. Get out there. <laughs> Start doing that's, it. Basically. That's sick. And what's up with Andrew? Is he still skating? Are you still friends? Actually... We're still friends, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's actually a professional skydiver, actually. He teaches skydiving all around the world, jumps out of our home base here in Montreal, and uh, teaches and jumps all day. Yeah. That is awesome. So, you, have, you been, have, you, yeah, it is. <laughs> have you been living in Montreal the whole time, or have you ever moved out of the city? I live that rollerblade life. You know, I travel all around Canada, but Montreal is always going to be my home base. So, I mean, th throughout, well, Montreal is always going to be my home base. And, I mean, I just travel throughout the city, move out throughout the city, certain locations here, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, different parts of Montreal. Montreal is pretty big also. The outskirts of Montreal, the suburbs, the hills, the mountains, you know, I've lived basically everywhere around the outskirts and within the city and travel, which I, I'm a well-traveled man. Yeah, you know? I know that you used to be, but that's something that you just said now that I didn't know. You said that you live that rollerblading life. Are you still living from skating? I have no idea, man. Don't forget, I did five years in prison. I want to get this out. So I'm coming back from five years in prison. And throughout the times before that, I was always sponsored local shops and doing local demos and just living off of rollerblading in that way. I mean... 
that rollerblade life. You know, you, you go from contract to contract, check to check, show to show. And with some of the sponsors, I did have some pretty good pre DM contracts for videos that I was doing where I was able to get it in during the summer. And in Montreal, I do do a lot of things like stunts and, uh, well, stunts and, you know, stunt doubling, extra work and shows. Whenever shows are around, I get my hands into a little bit of everything and I also launch events in the city. So parties, uh, barbecues, okay. uh, things like um, that. So I'm curious. I'm very involved in those ways within the community. I'm really curious about some of the things that you just said, but I'm going to start. I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to use like a timeline. Yeah, I can, can you hear me? Hear you. Somehow, sometimes you lose connection, but I can hear you now. Okay. I was saying I also teach lessons to kids rollerblading at Tasmahal Skate Park in Montreal. Okay. Do you still do it? I didn't even knew that Tasmahal Skate Park is still there. So I'm. Um, I'm a little bit out of, the, out of the Canadian scene. But what I was saying is that from what you just said, for, from your answer, there's a few questions that I have. And one of them is, you were saying that you, you used to go from check to check and from competition to competition. And I know that you, I think you made a lot of money from skating back then, especially with, with competitions. You won the X Games and you were skating for the, the, the company that ever like that paid the most to skaters which is known that, that was salomon but I, i guess me just like everyone else we're curious when you mean like going from check to check and when you sent me a message a few weeks ago saying that you were the best paid skater of all times how much does the best skater of all times gets paid by salomon okay well frankly those times like the highest paid skater on To the, to the industry was Aaron Feinberg at five thousand. To my knowledge, five thousand dollars. I don't want to talk about another man's money, but I know because of my contracts, which we went upon and were compared. Do you understand? Okay. So, I, I I went up to six thousand dollars, um, a month for Solomon, with a ski contract and a rollerblade contract combined. So right off the bat, I was the highest paid in the industry with Aaron Feinberg on the team. Okay. Okay, so basically, but Aaron Farmer was being paid just from skating, and you had like a combined contract with Solomon. Well, I my my combined contract included a salary for, for. That's actually amazing, and I used to be a big fan, and it's it's super weird for me that I didn't saw anything from you, and then suddenly you come back. You just said that you were in prison. I'm kind of curious. I don't know if you want to if you want to speak a little bit about it, but for what was the reason that you you went to jail? I was convicted falsely accused of a charge, but I did five years, pled guilty to five years, and pled guilty to five years. I mean, it was an attempted murder charge, mm -hmm. and that's it. But you said it was false, right? There's details to which I'm not going to discuss because of the details of the okay. case. I've already gone through with my lawyers okay, and stuff of like that. But we, 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 it's just what it is. In this world, things happen. People are accused and wrongfully accused. And that's just the way it is. Okay. And in this world, you just got to make sure you're on your P's and Q's to survive out there. I just want that to be known. So anybody who understands what it's like out here in the trap houses, in the streets out here, 
hustling your product every day, your hoodies, your clothes, your cell phones, whatever it is you do to get by, or skating, or whatever it is. You, know? you just got to make sure you're P's and Q's out here. That's all I got to say. That's God is to you. Okay, man. That makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> the question that I have for you, too, is you, I don't know, like, if you had, if you have that idea, and I never really met you, but through the comments and i think it was, it was there was even an interview on on crazy roller that you made I, th i don't know if it was you and jonathan bergeron or it was just you and people used to think that you weren't the easiest person to speak with i'm not i don't know i never met you and you with me i have nothing to complain but <laughs> thank you <laughs> no, I'm, i'm serious that. but do you think Why do you think that people have that opinion about you? Because I'm a hard-ass kid. That's just what it is. I just told you. If you listen to what they announcers said about me when I was a kid growing up, I came from the hood. And I just had to make sure I was on my P's and Q's, and just like everybody else. And I was alone out there. A lot of people don't get that. I made a lot of moves by myself. <laughs> That's just it. So I was a hard kid, you know? And I didn't par with a lot of people. By par, I mean get along mm -hmm. with a lot of people. And this is what it is. When you're that type of guy who always stands up with your back against the wall, staring and observing everybody in front of you. That's just how you are. You speak less, you move more. Okay. And Yeah, and that, that was maybe one of the reasons why you got so good at skating, huh? Because I remember, I don't even, I don't know exactly what video was it, but I remember seeing this black kid doing huge 540 Liu Kangs at an indoor skate park. And that was you. Back then, with with Bauer skates, how did the whole thing with sponsors happen for you? What was your first first sponsor? How did that happen? And then, what was the story with your sponsors? The history, sorry. Stories with sponsors, histories of rollerblading and skaters and riders everywhere. Just that blade life, you get sponsored by your local shop. So my local shop was EU Anikilib. And, uh, you know, you get a certain amount of per diem they give you to buy stuff in the shop, I guess, every month. And that's what I got. That was my official first shop sponsor. And then through the shop sponsor, I got flow with Rosies. Mm -hmm. And I was getting flown through Rosies through the shop. And then I went to Bauer after that, actually directly to the company, Bauer. And they put me on a contract and I was flying around. Who was the team back then with Bauer? Oh, uh, fuck. Me, uh, a guy, uh, Guillaume from Montreal. Or sorry, Jean Gagnon from Montreal. I'm just going to speak about mm -hmm. the local writers that were actually writing internationally with me, so traveling with me. Um, Jean Gagnon, Serge Maher. We had Felix, you, everybody knows. Was as a photographer, he was a local photographer. He was also my manager mm -hmm. at the time. And uh, internationally, from off the top of my head, it was me, Frankie on the pro team. What? Morales, was Frankie on Bauer? Who the first. fuck else was? Yeah, Frankie was riding with me on Bauer. We were on the no birth No way, together. I had no idea about They're it. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, who else? Yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, man, randomly off the top of my head, who else was on the Bauer uh, team? Richard Taylor? Was it Richard yeah. Taylor on Bauer too? Richard Richard Tiller, yes, actually, he was. So see, thank you for refreshing my memory. 
But uh, yeah, Richard Taylor was on the team. It's been a while that I actually go back to think about who was on the team. You kind of caught me off guard right there, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, <laughs> that's that's yeah. awesome. I had no idea about some of like I didn't knew about Frankie, and and that was your first contact with Frankie, right? Um, it's possible that like we were chilling before that, but because I was competing a little bit before that, still on horses, I was still traveling. But me and Frankie from the get go, I remember Frankie. If that's the topic <laughs> for sure. I mean, okay, and then after that. How did the whole change from Bauer to Solomon happen? Bauer to Solomon. I was looking to get bigger. I wanted more. I was already killing the scene, you know. Miss on Bauer. Uh, Am ASA winning everything locally. And um, I decided I wanted some more travel. I didn't have money to travel. And so I needed more travel, basically. Uh, Bauer wasn't going to be able to pay. I wanted to go further and expand. So I went to Solomon with a basically videos manager, Felix. We went up to him. I already had some exposure. I put a little bio together. We walked in. I said, this is what I'm looking for. And that was Solomon in Montreal. So the little head office here, you know, in Montreal, local headquarters. And um, I walked in, I walked in, um, sat down basically. I got, uh, they said they'd give me four trips. You know what I mean? Uh, including like two X, two X Games qualifiers at the beginning of the year, you know what I mean? Then like three more, or was, I think it was five trips, five trips out of the year. And I said, okay, pick your five events. You know, what happens if I qualify for the X Games? They go, well, if you qualify for the X Games, we'll, we'll fly you to the X Games for sure. You know what I mean? That's all paid for, no problem. And me being a smart kid, you know, I look at him like, okay, so what happens if I win the X Games? He goes, bro, if you win the X Games, we're going to sign you to our pro team, fly you out to Europe. And that's that. I say, oh, yeah? All right, put that on paper. And that was it, basically. I walked out of there. I won the X Games. I won the first X Games qualifier that I went to in Toronto. And I guess uh, uh, I hopped up on the birth tour. And store all the way to San Francisco, basically. <laughs> so you just, that's awesome. So basically, you just go to the headquarters and then you start making questions. One of them is just, what if I win the X Games? And then you end up winning. Did you want the X Games in that same year that you got on Salomon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I qualified for the X Games with my first, con- my, my first contest of the year. And then I jumped on the birth tour. I went to the first. I went to the first X Games that year in golf and won the X Games. So everything. No, no, back no, and now back. I need to make you this question. Come on, tell me, is that why you call yourself Blade God? Because <laughs> you got you got some some type of <laughs> you got some type of powers that <laughs> it's just amazing. Why did you Why do you call yourself Blade God? You need to tell me that because people keep on asking that. I need to ask you that. Listen. I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, just for, you know, just everything already that you said. Thank you, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, for the powers. Yes, I do have powers. I am Blade God, yes. Really, Blade God was a name that was given to me. I didn't just start calling myself Blade God. And a lot of people just sort of took that the wrong way. That's just it. I mean, if you sort of remember in my interview, bio or the section where I did 
uh, Taz Mahal with the Pusher T music in French Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, I exp- I hurt my ankle and I was out for a while. And um, fuck, in that video, basically, you see what uh, what what's the actual point of that question again? The blade I God. Why, why do you call yourself Blade? No, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. The explanation, exactly. The explanation is in that video, exactly, where I explain and I simply say, you know, respect to those who sh- who choose to saw me call me Blade God, and it was because friends of mine had already started calling me Blade God, and we just, I just ran with it, obviously, you know. So it started as a local thing between Jerry Butler and some other friends, Emily and whoever else, and it just, it just continued. Uh, Jason Sigleski. And just my whole little crew of riders, you know, who I rode with. And it just grew from there. And, yeah, it wasn't a self-proclaimed. Yeah, it kind of it started like in then, one of those sessions where you're just going like really amazing and people start calling you that like as a joke. Yeah. And then the whole thing progresses to something that nowadays you feel comfortable on calling yourself that. Is that it? Um, yeah, I mean, I just showed love to everybody who was calling me that, you understand? And then, it, and then it grew, you understand? And then I became the real god of Blade, if you understand what I mean, in the question of the Illuminati, <laughs> if we want to talk about that. For we a will, we will, we will talk about all that. But I need to ask you for, for, <laughs> for, for authorization to, to call you that. So, like... Is it po- is it okay if usually I give a name to these podcasts and most of the times I it's called WhatsApp like WhatsApp and then I put the name of someone can I put can I call this one WhatsApp Blade God <laughs> Okay yeah, it's called sure. Blade God then <laughs> That's it And I appreciate that thank you Okay so you were talking about the Illuminati thing Just make sure just make just just make sure you put Hashtag Nikki Adams or no, no, at no, Nikki no, Adams. No, don't so, worry, man. You know. It's just like that's just a that's just a <laughs> thumbnail. But people know it, huh? God. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get no, it. I get it. I get it. The thumbnail. Okay? I get it. So when people are watching, when people are listening to these, they already saw that image. So now, everyone listening to these know that the reason why using Blade God is because his friends started calling him that. Maybe after winning the X Games in the first year that he goes to the prelims. So, anyway, <laughs> okay. Before even going to the Illuminati question, because I'm completely out of it. I'm completely out of the whole Illuminati thing. But you're gonna explain. But before that, is that the like the whole Blade God thing? Is that the reason why you have the God apparel? God apparel came with the name. It was as soon as I started with the Blade God thing. I mean, I always knew I was gonna start a brand. Okay, that's one thing that people forget is that from I've been doing this for so long that for me starting a brand that came to my mind when I was like 13, 15 years old. You know what I mean? It was part of the dream to say I wanted to start. Exactly. And, you know, sponsors having your own pro model line, having your own pro T-shirts, your own signature ski boots, your own pro model frame, your own pro model wheel with Kaisers and Solomon and signature helmets with Solomon ski helmets. All of these things, obviously, you get the idea of branding, right? So it's only normal that you, you say, well, when I've done this, I'm going to do something within that industry of clothing and branding and still using my name to sell what it is I've created for the whole entire time that I've been alive. You know, it's just normal to me. Okay, well, God Apparel was obviously came later on as into which name I would use to create the company, the brand. 
And level five was a part of that also. These are just two periods of my life where God Apparel was, you know, white running. I was start, started to be called Blade God. It was, yeah, I'm going to start something God Apparel. This is what God's wear. This is God Apparel. You know what I mean, if you want to feel like a God, you wear God Apparel. It just made perfect sense <laughs> to me. And it was cool as fuck. You know, everybody was cool with it. Everybody at this world too loved it. They're like, man, I want to feel like a God just like you. Like, you're a sick rollerblader. You're fly as fuck. You know, you're smart. Charisma is great. Let's do this, man. God Apparel. I'm fucking with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what it was. I jumped on it. I, I started the hashtags, and you know that was it. Okay. And are you getting a good? Are you getting a good response from it? Are you selling a lot, or is it just starting? Yeah, I mean, I started within the last year. I mean, I was incarcerated. I put everything together, and that's where I was going to get into the other part of God Apparel because the 300, 300 plus God Apparel stands for three hundred plus days done in solitary confinement. You understand? I did 300 plus days locked up in solitary confinement, 23 hours a day, locked down. You understand? So that's like, that's the most serious part of prison is being locked up in solitary confinement. You see it in the movies, see it in videos, you hear about it in the news. And I did 300 plus days. And that's what the 300 plus God Apparel stands for in the new chapter of God Apparel. So I'm just getting so many questions out of this. So I have a few, and one of them is just: Wait, don't you go to the solitary when you do shit in jail, or were you that rough in jail, or why did you went end up in the solit solitary? Yeah, I can I can easily tell you that I'm a maximum security guy in my prison. Hell's Angels, the mob, everything is part of where I, I sit down when I eat my food every day. You okay, so you need to be like a rough guy to be able to to live out there and to to have your own for your own sanity. But the second yeah. thing is in my in my in my in my city in my city in Canada you have to be rough period. Okay. And don't you think that that I something like that would move like I don't know man. I I I think would drive me mad to be in a place like that. Don't you think like it was driving you mad, like those 23 hours per day, like you said? Didn't you felt anything changing with you with the, in that time? Yes, if you remember the story of the movie 300. No, I right? didn't watch the movie, so please explain. No, Do you I remember? Don't. Okay. In this in this movie, a man walks into the deepest and the darkest places where he's from, where the darkness is and he walks into water as one person he submits himself to the darkness and he comes out a god dressed in gold completely chained taller lankier a bald head and he's a god with so much money that he can just throw it in the air this is what happens when you go into places like that you find yourself in different ways in your mind that people just don't think exist because they've never took the time to sit down and think for mm -hmm. so long and this is what happens in the world that's just it So this is what happened to me as we talk about the time that I spent in this place. I sat down. I created a brand. I drew on the wall. I designed level five. I put 300 days plus into God Apparel. I designed clothing. I figured out how to start the website, what pictures I was going to use, what videos, where the tricks were going to come from, how I was going to get the camera equipment. Remember, I had nothing when I came out. I had no money, no how. So I was robbed of everything. So I had to save up money from selling weed and tobacco and fucking selling cell phones in my cell in prison, I'm telling you. So that means I can only import so many cell phones in prison to get money. You understand what I'm telling you? Yeah. That means I was moving illegal stuff in prison. 
marijuana, tobacco, hash, and cell phones. You understand? There's, there's pictures on my Instagram and Facebook of me in prison with my cell phone, taking pictures of myself, flexing with my shoes, just in case you guys think this is a lie. You guys know where I just came from. This is why I tell it to you so freely. The time is done. That's okay. it. So back to, back to that. Yes, this is, this is what it is. I sort of lost focus a little bit going on with the story. No, no, we were talking about the brand. So that's just I how it is when I get, so, when we talk about these yeah, subjects. Yeah, you were explaining me how the oh, whole... Yeah, so that basically this is, this is, this is, this is, the, yeah, this is where I found the ideas for these, for these brands. And I did the drawings and I found out where I was going to go with level five and all these other movements that I was going to make. And so when I came out, what I did was I executed with a little bit of money that I saved up from doing this time in there. And I executed uh, the hats first and I started making hats. And then boom, I came out with no house. I had to get a house. You know, I had to do all this stuff, get that stuff in order. The first thing I did, I threw the launch party. I don't know if you heard about it. I did um, a podcast barbecue at a bar that has a skate park in it or a bowl in it and a mini wrap called Trash Bar, downtown Montreal. No, I haven't Saint seen Lawrence. it, man. Shout out to You need to have more videos. Yeah, there's a Was couple there videos clips. of it. <laughs> Was there's a there's clips there's a clip there's clips and uh, it was live streamed for those who were watching it joe atkinson's was there so some people were there actually who showed up from out of town to the event and uh yeah um i threw that event i launched the, the release of level Five and the launch of the brand mm -hmm. you know and uh that was one of the first moves that i had to do to get my myself off the ground you know what i mean to get my feet on and just walk straight you know okay, what I mean? you got it Put my shoes on and That's walk cool. straight. That's cool, and it, it's good that you're somehow finding your your place back at the, in the industry, and it's at the same time it, for me watching all these. Like I said before, without knowing you and knowing some of the people doing some of the comments, it's kind of I don't know. It's somehow it's frustrating to see to read some of those comments. It feels like it's hard. For some people to accept, and it's also hard for some people to to understand your level of confidence. Sometimes the way you speak. So my next question is is going to be like you were just saying that when you made this release party of your brand, Joe Atkinson was there. How do you compare yourself, yeah. your skating, actually the skating that you have now, and the skating that you had before you go to jail and when you won? the X Games, to someone like Joe Atkinson, which is like, you were you used to be like a really, really good skate park skater. I, I haven't seen that much from you lately, but Joe Atkinson is basically one of the best right now. So how do you compare yourself to Joe? Me, first of all, I still consider myself one of the best. I can point things out and go on for days on skaters. I think Joe Atkinson is one of the best skaters in the world. Don't get me wrong. But there are still other skaters in the world. Of course, no, no. Of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that think <laughs> Joe Atkinson is the only one. He's amazing. But just like Joe, there's a lot of really, really amazing skaters. And I truly believe, from what I, from what I was just saying, you were one of those. I don't know how you are right now. I haven't seen that much from you skating lately. But I remember you I back you. then as one of the best skate park skaters ever. Period. So that's why I'm asking, how would you compare your type of skating or your skating with Joe at the moment? First of all, thank you, and I appreciate that comment. And Joe Atkinson is a very good skater. I watch his fees runs all the time. I watch his runs all the time. And that's just it. I think that people need people like me who still perfect things like 
the 720 or the grabs of the 720 executed perfectly, crossed over Liu Kang's scales, reverse scales, it's still Japan's rockets to Liu Kang's, just things, crossovers, and things that I did in the air with the style and the swagger of knowing how to pump in a ramp and land perfectly in transition and then move on and put lines together. It flows with transfers. Big park skating style is what a lot of skaters need to see and remember. I think it takes people like me to come back and show them how to do a line or how to put runs together. And that's just the things that come with time. And I'm not speaking as someone who's bigger than anybody, but someone who looks at the course from a different angle, who can reach certain levels and get to certain things. I see things differently. I see 540s that are held in safety grabs when every 540 should be landed high up in the quarter pipe, continued down to the bottom with speed, and there should be a different grab in it other than just a safety grab. Okay. Uh, grab in it. It's because you weren't stable. It's, it's because you weren't stable enough to do a Liu Kang in it or a stale Japan or anything else into it. It was just a safety, safety grab. Okay. That's why we call it safety, right? <laughs> that makes sense to me. And, and so no, these are the I, things it's, that... It's, wow. I, I've got to admit, man, it's one of those tricks that I was always bad. There's like a few tricks that I was really bad, and one of them is like 540s on quarter pipes. I would rather do a 720 than a 540, and the other one would be a true top porn on a rail or even worse on a ledge. Those are the tricks that they're not for me. But they used to be really amazing. I know that you used to do them really amazing, and if you're saying that you're still... You still got them. Have you, have you thought about competing at the fees or something like that? The other day, I just saw Jaron Grob flying all the way to France to compete at the fees Montpellier. Have you thought about it? Why don't you get back into that? Why don't you try to get back into that game? Most, most definitely, I think about it. But before I get there, I have to make sure God Apparel, level five, and my shop online and everyone who I'm distributing to and supporting me and Everybody who is representing me is in order before me. I come out and start saying, I want to be competing. Competing is going to be there. I'm always going to be filming and skating and promoting my brand and the people that work with me in the brand and that support the brand and represent for me, sending clips, everybody in the world. <coughs> But competing, it's there. I think about it all the time. And I was planning on going to fees. Okay, I think there's a fees in Canada exactly. happening, isn't it? Is the, I think there's going to be a fees Canada anytime soon. There, there is. Okay. Will you be competing on that one? There is, but there, there, I won't be competing because, to my knowledge, there actually is no rollerblading in the fees in Montreal. So last year, I know there wasn't any. And this year, within all the stuff that's been going on within a short period of time, I haven't really been focused on that. But I don't think there is rollerblading in the actual event in okay, Canada. Okay, so I'm going to... I'm going to check with one of the guys from Fees and I'm going to get back to you about that because I have to admit that I would love to see you competing at the Fees. <laughs> man, you've been telling me all that stuff that you can still do it. I want to see it, man. I really want to see you perform. So <laughs> I believe you. I just want to see it. So any other question? How did, you got, how did you got into skiing? Of course, being in Canada and being so good with inline skates, you call it rollerblades, I call it inline skates, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It's the same. So... How did you? Yeah. How did you got into skiing, and how did you got so good? <laughs> okay, well, basically, the year that I won the X Games, 1999, when I won the X, went off to sign the contract in France, and uh, at the same time, it was a signing for everybody, for all disciplines: ski, snowblade, and snowblade was the first step that I made before I went into being a professional skier. 
automatically the transfer from rollerblading to snowblading, you know what snowblading are, the short skis. Yeah, I remember skis, that. It was a... So I, I, sorry. So I, I, went, sorry. I went into that. Automatically, they put those on my feet. I'd never been on the hill before, but I had the knowledge and the skills of rollerblading and all the, mo- the movements and the tricks and the grabs. So I jumped on the hill and I started riding for the weekend. And then after, I think it was, I was there for about a week, uh, something like that. And there was a, an event where they were classifying and competing against each other to see who was the better rider out of the teams and who would be paid the most. And you know what I mean? This is how they do it. They give people their contracts. So they fly you up at the once a year and they evaluate you. They make you compete against each other, basically. Okay. And I beat everybody. I, I beat the whole international snowblade team, and so I became the highest paid snowblade rider on their team. <laughs> right off the bat, dude, you, you're getting like level two now. Yeah. It was it was god level one, god level two, and now it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that was the beginning of me getting to the snow. <laughs> and then tell me, and then from from the snowblades to skiing, you made the transition. Like you you started using longer skis, didn't you? Exactly. So here we go with the story. So basically, I killed it that year. Um, I won all the contests, basically, or a whole bunch of them. I won the Japanese core games on snowblades in Japan, which was huge. And right before that, I had won the X Games third place. And yeah, that's it. I also want to point out that when I won the Vermont X Games in the video, when you see me fall down and singing in the microphone, I was sipping on Jack Daniels to say, stay warm. That's how cool. <laughs> and are you allowed to compete in drinking on the X Games? I thought that would Once. be like and dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, um, I just want you to know that if they want to, if, if they want to say anything, I'm still here in the game. And hi, how's it going? <laughs> But that's the truth. And we were, I, I was sipping on a little, on a little something hard and and you know smoky to keep oh, me warm. Come on, man! What if they go and, and take uh, your title? Yeah, now? I won What if that. they go and take your title now? If they listen to this yeah. and take your title? <laughs> Listen, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the sport. I want everybody to know that we're, this is how we ride out there. This is how I ride out there. I get you. you it's all good. <laughs> Just think it's funny. And so then my, you're saying then after I so you're working. saying in that event when you won you were sipping on whiskey. But you, you we were. Asked, I, I was asking you about the transition. I loved everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was getting to that fully. I did not lose focus. Um. So what I was going to say is that I won that event, then went on to Japan and won the next event. And from winning those two events, then the basically the image of the sh- demeanor and Nikki, I'm losing you. I'm losing you again. People who I was I flying around you. with, that I was with the international I lost you again. I, I said I this. I said at the same time. Yeah. yeah can you hear me? No. Yeah. I Hello. Can hear you. So at the same time. I was talking to uh uh-uh. let me call you again. I'm gonna switch I'm gonna switch it off and call you again. I'm gonna call you again. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yo, Nikki. Sorry man. Okay, so you were saying at the yeah. same time no after winning the two events. So at the same, 
So at the same time, traveling with the rest of the team, the international ski team, they would always make jokes, you know, you couldn't do the trans the transfer because I would do shows in Europe. I would travel throughout Europe in all the mountains, the French Alps and the Swiss Alps, and do shows with them at the same time. And they would make jokes like, hey, you couldn't really do it on the skis. And so, you know, at the end of it, I was like, let me just jump on some skis and see how this goes, you know? And that was it. I jumped on skis for that year that I was doing shows up in the mountains in France and <clears throat> French Alps. And I just, I was so good that they said, okay, we're signing you. I qualified actually event for the X Games and um, I beat basically everybody who was qualifying for the X Games. I pre-qualified the year for the X Games in uh, Big Air. And there we go. I beat the God level three. Yeah, and that was it, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was basically it. Okay, that's awesome. So, I, I have another. So I, I signed a yeah. pro. So I signed the contract with uh, Solomon for skiing, and that was basically. It. And like for all that time, the end of that. For all story. that time, you were being paid. From that moment, you were being paid, like you said, around six thousand dollars, plus the. Um, the money that you were making almost i wouldn't say every weekend but every time there would be a competition you would be top three skating and skiing and you made a lot of money with that how much money do you think you did like per year in the best year of your life as an athlete i know what to say man it would be it would be thousand just talking about your salomon salary Now put try to put like some of your prize money. Yeah, just yeah, that, that's that's exactly why I said over a hundred grand. And for how long did you do that? More than one year doing that? I signed right off the bat for two years, and then I signed another contract for another two years after that. Okay. And what's up? Where's where is all that, that money now, man? It's just like it's so. I don't even know. I never had that type of money in my life, so and that's why I'm just I'm exactly. so curious. <laughs> where's all that money? Where's like? Well, this is why we. This is where we go back to the point of me surviving on the industry because I've never gone to work a nine to five. I've always lived on my own, flew myself around for years. After that, did shit, invested into this, did that. I mean, I lived a full life. I'm 35 years old. And I've put it in work and lived on my own since I was 15. Don't forget, I've never, I've never lived with my parents or anything like that. So, so you're saying that kind of I mean, you kind of spent I've everything. I've just lived life. There's nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I was 15 years old. Now I'm 35, and I'm not, uh, I'm not flat broke. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know that you're not flat broke because you've been posting some stuff. Some people get offended when you post stuff with <laughs> with gold watches. So you need to explain us that, man. Come on. <laughs> um, about my gold yeah, watches. Yeah, what's, yeah, I mean, I what's up with your passion with gold and and why showing it? Because you know, like, a lot of people when they have something like that, a lot of people don't like it. Some people are like you. So. Is there a reason for it? Yeah, you guys got to understand, like I was Yeah, I, I just want everybody to understand that. I just came out from five years of my life in a prison, came out with $500 in my pocket with no house and ideas written down on a paper that are copied off of me scratching them on a wall in solitary confinement. My watch shows where I'm... Okay. 
That makes sense to me. I much work I put in within the last year. And I did a lot. My bangles represent the shackles that they had on me and used to make jokes when they transferred me and said, these are your bangles. This is your jewelry. I used to laugh. And I said, my bangles will be grown. Don't you worry about that. And that's the first thing I said when I put these bangles on. I said, here you go. My jewelry is gold. Now I'm going to put some diamonds on these Cartiers for you. And I went and bought a $13,000 Cartier with 589 diamonds custom fitted right into my Cartier diamond bracelet. Fully covered diamond bracelet. I got a Rolex bezel. Well, I was going to put a Rolex bezel, but I put five thousand dollars worth of diamonds, custom set in my custom Swiss Army. Well, in my in my Swiss Army watch, custom fit bezel, custom bezel, just to show people. And then I bought all these other bangles after as we went along, so I would have matching Cartiers on both sides of my wrist to show what I just went to. Dude, it's just like I, I like you just said so much about watches for me. You know what I. I don't really know anything about watches, but I respect when someone has passion for something. And I know that a lot of people, they need a, they need something in their lives to feel that, how can I, they, 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 they need something in their life as a motivation. And obviously for you being in jail made you look at things in a certain way. And I respect that. Yes. Um, How do you see yourself in the future? Like in five years from now, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself skating? Do you see yourself having a brand? Uh, how do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself? Basically, I almost sold level five <coughs> to a major company already. That was within one year. <coughs> There's a little complications in between that but that's still on the table. <coughs> And um, shout out to Fagans. Um, and shout out to everybody who's been supporting me in this last year and for the last however long I've been doing this. Everybody's been supporting me from the beginning to now, from the jump. Um, but what I was saying is that I did all that within a year and I only see myself going bigger and going in, elevating the level in rollerblading and transferring into Tai Chi, dancing, contemporary, music, acting, everything. Okay. I mean, all of the above, to me, the sky's the limit. Okay. And did you ever thought of mixing both? Or how do you think, what do you think when you see some people mixing That's, both? Because <laughs> I, I can't really imagine you. This is exactly what I'm, this is, This is exactly what I'm doing right now is I'm learning to be able to combine. And right now I'm at the combining part. If I think I can say so, I think it's, okay. I think it's legit that I can say I'm combining both of my, all my talents right now to create a better, bigger blade okay. pad. Tell me something. What do you, what do you think of, of the brand that John Julie just started? Them. Have you seen them skate? Yeah, I have. What do you think of the skates? What do you think of what um, John is doing? Or will you be supporting them? I, his, his, I mean, <clears throat> I support everybody. That's just the thing about me. I always support everybody. I mean, I'm never going to look at somebody and say, you can't be who you want to be. That's just part of what I tell people every day and posting my videos and running a shop off of my cell phone, basically out of my house, in my house office. So I support anybody who's doing that. So that kind of answers your question right okay. there. I mean, the skates, the skates, I think they look like Bowers. That's it. 
That's all I have to say about them. Anybody who's do, that's the only thing I have to say. I don't have anything to say. I support John, and I support anybody like John, and anybody who's started anything off of Blade God and God Apparel and the Apparel Level 5 and all the yoga and everybody who supports me in all these different categories the same way that really don't have anything in common more than we have an apparel in the name of our brand. And they add me and I say, hey, welcome to the apparel gang. Are you guys ready to do a collaboration? And they say, hell yeah, we watch your videos. You're the shit. We're so <laughs> down. And I said that and people started adding and here I am. So I'm not the guy to look at someone and be like, you can't do what you want to do. You know what okay. I mean? I know the story and that's just what I have to say about it. No more, no less. Do you, can you ever imagine um, your brand becoming a skate like a skate brand not a clothing brand or not an apparel brand but like a skate like the actual pro the actual skate brand like a, like yeah. a boot brand yeah for sure that's part of something i was looking into and still have on the table and it's been on the table for a while working and thinking about it here in canada i just have a lot on my plate and like i said it's been one year that i've been out a year and maybe a month going on now and um <laughs> to me i'm happy and so proud of myself to be able to just put this on my wrist walk out and to have been in my house and everything that i'm in like that just all within the year well, you know i've gone through man, a lot you seem to be in the right place for to make things happen because looking at canadian skaters I don't know like I don't know what's your opinion because like you said you've been away for f for five years but once you get back you guys you have the guys from mushroom blading doing something completely different from what you used to do before you got guys like Richie completely completely ruling the world of skating and then man you have Danny Beer all these like Canadian guys that just skate so damn good how do you see your shadows Shout, shout outs to Richie, shout outs to Danny. And I just, I spoke, I speak to both of these two people. I'm supposed to be sending gear out to Danny. <clears throat> and uh, Richie, we just spoke, he's doing his thing. And Richie, I've known Richie, I guess, ever since Solomon. And before he was on Solomon, just flying out from the other side of Canada to Montreal. We were both riding for Destructure together, actually. And um, <clears throat> so I've known Richie, since uh, since he started moving out of his hometown, basically he came and started writing for the same local shop. That's awesome. And Richie, <coughs> and <clears throat> exactly. So I spent a good time traveling with him, and just I love what he's doing in the game and everything like that. Uh, everybody, shout out to everybody doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing in life. You know what I mean. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> You're doing exactly. I just want to say something. When I came out, like I had no idea who you were. I have to tell you that. And like I came out and I, I fell upon your video and I was like, whoa. I was like, this guy is fucking killing it. I started watching all your videos. I subscribed. I was like, this guy has a on point. Carolina and I had my bald head just like you all want you to know at that time. Man, that's awesome. I'm happy now. <laughs> you made my day. Let, let me read you this. Maybe it was you, huh? Check this. Someone, I need to read this that I posted on my, on my Facebook yesterday. So someone posted this and I have to, I had to repost it. So 
Let me read it. I'm just scrolling down. And it says something like, God made in only so many perfect ads. The rest, he covered with hair. Maybe it was you that made it. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. It was not, but amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. I was like, tell me. So, Going back to the same question that I just did before. So when you came out, all these guys were killing it. And like I said before, the mushroom blading guys were some of the most known names out there, like Joey and everyone knows them. And it's how do you think Leon. about what do you think about the style of skating, the type of skating that they do? Because what they do is completely different to what you used to see people doing before, like you said, you go to jail, you went to jail. How do you see this whole thing, yeah, this whole um, change, big wheels, whatever? Okay, first of all, I came out, hit up Alex Blasco, um, straight up new video, and just to see where the fuck's going down. That's my nigga. You know <laughs> I mean? Then I hit up Montre, then I hit up Frankie, then so on and so on. And, you know, it was just because that's how it felt. I really see where Alex was going. But then... To get my skates, because I didn't even have skates, you know I have to go hit up Leon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, right off the bat, I got to see what the fuck is Leon up to. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> so, I check the videos and I see where he's going. And then I get the phone calls. I get my updates from everybody else on the scene. And they tell me, yeah, this is what's going down. Here's the videos. That's how the Alice Broskow video came in. Then I do all the rest of my updates and everything like that. But that's how it goes down when you come out after such a long time. You hit up Matt D, Matt Donald your local buddy who's been killing it on the scene with you from day one also, you know, shout outs to him. And you know, we're really talking, but shout outs to my nigga Matt, you know, it's always going to be my nigga. And then I go on, you know, and Bashi comes out, then I go to New York, I hit up Bashi, I say, yo, what's going down with you? You just came out, you're doing the show, what's going on? When are we going to do the collaboration? I saw what you just dropped, you know, send me a rap video, I'll post it on my Facebook, you know what I mean? So on and so on. And that's it, you just start reaching out, branching out, branching out. And you see, you let people update you. I get updated all the time. People around the world send me videos and they just say, oh, check out what's up. Oh, yeah, unusual rollerblading. Here, check this. Fucking, you know what I mean? Fucking blade life. This, that, the other. And I just check this. I check that. And people just send me stuff. That's cool. That's really cool. But you didn't answer me when I came, when I was asking you about big wheels. What do you think about the big wheels thing going on? Oh, about the big wheel things. I, I thought you were actually really just talking about the motion. I'm cool with it, really. That's why. Because I was actually just talking about, I, when I spoke to Leon, I was like, you know what? I want three wheels. I don't want four big wheels. <laughs> I want three wheels. I want three big wheels. And you want to know why? Because the first pair of rollerblades that I got only had three wheels. And that's how I started doing my grinds. I used to do unities with frames that only had three wheels. <laughs> Did you take the middle wheel or just between the fronts? Or be no, I... I used, I used to leave the middle wheel. There was no reason. <laughs> there was three middle small wheels. If you remember those first old school yeah. rollerblades, they only used to have three <laughs> wheels. Those are the ones that I started rollerblading with. Those were my first pair of rollerblades. So I started off with that. And then after that, I uh, basically got sponsored off of those pair of rollerblades. I might have had a pair of Timex in between that I got off of my friend for like not long at all. But basically... Off those first pair of rollerblades, I got my first shop sponsor. Okay, that's sick. So was that so? Your friend, you said in the beginning of this interview that you and your friend had the same skates. So your friend also got those three wheel skates. Mm -hmm. He had the three wheel skates for a minute yeah. too, and then he moved on and got some other stuff. But I wasn't about to move on and get other stuff. I was still killing my old pair of skates, obviously. 
obviously I, I, I couldn't I couldn't afford to go out and buy brand new skates every every time I wanted Man. you know so that's just what it was so I rode those skates for for a minute and that minute wasn't actually that long until I got sponsored that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> I, I guess we all been there we all struggled to get skates or like even if you had a lot of money which wasn't my case you would always skate faster than you could afford the skates like you would go through skates from skating ledges and all that so i guess it was part of it like suffering a bit to get to get the next skate especially living where i where i live which is in portugal now i live in south africa but when i was living in portugal it was like to get all the new skates we would need to wait for a long time and all that so I guess it's part of it. That's what made who we are nowadays. And I guess that's it, man. Do you want to say anything else? Do you want to shout out anyone? Do you want to say anything else before we just end this? Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I get you. I just want to verify and clarify something. I did get sponsored off of those first pair of three-wheel skates, but I did take pieces off of my boy skates and put them onto my other skates to survive and shit till I actually did get sponsored because that's how it actually went down. So I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> And I hope, I, I hope I answered everybody's questions because I stated that I would. So if there's any questions that were supposed to be asked or weren't brought up, I want everybody to know that I answered all questions truthfully and respectfully and from the bottom of my motherfucking heart. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nikki. If, if someone still has any question or if there was anything that I didn't answer, that I didn't ask you, they can always drop a comment and I'm sure that you're going to go through the comments of this video on on YouTube or if they post something on Facebook, I'm sure you're going to see it too. So this might be the beginning of something and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what it is. Shout out to you once again. Shout out to everybody supporting me in the game who's been supporting me in the game. Shout out to everybody new in the game and run the game right now. I'm about to be running the game with me. Thank you again. so much, man. And That's I'm really looking forward to see you skating in the fees or any other big event. Huh? I know you're going to kill it in the skate park. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me say one more thing. I'm in the process of shooting a documentary and another section right now as we speak. I'm about six clips in, six bangers, expensive gear, high quality camera okay, equipment. So when are we going to see and, that? Yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, I can't give you a due date because you know how that goes. I just started shooting as the sun came out. I'm on Can I'm in Canada right here, so it's winter and the sun just got out. It just got nice, so I've been shooting. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to put a deadline on it. I just want to feel. But I want you to know that I am working, and I'm working for everybody who supports me in the game and who supports Level Five and God of Power and everything that I do, and who's been supporting me in the game and who's going to be supporting in the game. What's okay, up? Thank you so much, Nikki. Uh, I'll be in contact with you and thank you so much for spending the time with us. Huh? Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. And that was it. Nikki Adams, man. The guy is full of projects. So let's all hope that these things are going to happen and I can't wait to see Nikki competing against guys like Joe Atkinson and everyone else who's been competing on the fees or any other event. I know that Nikki used to be amazing. Again, like I said, I haven't seen him in a while, but well, if he says so, I'll trust the guy. I know that he's going to kill it. So that was it. Pretty, pretty interesting. And that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this skate talk. If you did enjoy this skate talk, do not forget to subscribe to the channel. You're helping a lot every time you do that. And if you like this video, give me some thumbs up. If you didn't like it, well, 
you can just give me thumbs down but let me know what you didn't like about this video i tried to do the best that i could with the sound it was a little bit weird with connections i guess I, i'm not gonna blame on anyone i don't know if it was from my side or from nikki's side but well we did the best we could and like we just said if you have any question maybe just drop us a comment i'm sure that nikki will see those and will answer them so just like I always say, don't forget why we all started skating, because it's fun. Cheers, guys, and see you soon. Vou viver até quando...